2: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort.
3: Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama. What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right,
4: welcome into a Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Our sound-off show will wrap things up Today and Gabe Eichert is waiting in the green room. Uh, But I did want to point out, as we tape this, we are preparing for the annual coaches' luncheon that is put on by the Citizens Advisory Board of Cleveland County Child Welfare uh, Welfare System. Uh, That's taking place later this afternoon. So if you happen to catch this, as soon as it drops, you still have time to be a part of it for as uh, little as 25 bucks. What a great deal. C-A-B-O-K.org, and we'll have the highlights from that, on Monday's podcast, Alex Grant, Shane Beamer, and Lincoln Riley will all be a part of it. But let's let's talk some football, shall we? As we, you know, count down to hopefully finding out the schedule. Like, who knows? It could be released by the time that this podcast is released. And by the time that you listen to it, we know the SEC is going to announce the extra two opponents on each school's conference schedule later today. And there were reports last night that uh, I think Jimmy Pollard, the athletic director at Iowa State, said September 26th is going to be the start date for Big 12 play. Uh, Gene Taylor, the athletic director at Kansas State, came out later and said, ah, we're still trying to decide, but very much up in the air right now as to when the start date will be for the Sooners. We'll dive into it with Gabe Eichert coming up here in moments. First, the Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by AT&T, America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting, sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma athletics. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician, and did you know, The NCD Hotel is less than three miles from OU. It's the largest non-casino hotel in the state of Oklahoma and is an incredible value. You can learn more right now at cc.nced.com. Let's welcome in friend of the pod. He has his own podcast, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Eichert kicks things off on this Friday morning. What's up, Gabe? I've got no complaints plankster what's up man it's good to hear your voice. I miss you so much Wait, So maybe we should break down a fourth wall here. Gabe and I usually talk what just about every single day on Big 12 today on Sirius XM channel 375 but the the show's kind of gone on a little summer hiatus as far as consistency now you're still doing a show but Gabe, it looks like good news is in the future for us over the next few weeks maybe. Yeah, it seems like we're going to get back to the regular schedule.
5: Obviously, it's been a little weird for everyone with what's going on in the sports world, especially the college sports world. But with schedules coming out from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC plank, there's a bunch of positive momentum for big-time college football. So, yeah, I think we're going to get – Back to the normal schedule, and
4: we will be reunited, my friend. Cannot wait. Cannot wait, man. Now, speaking of that, I, I know if you follow Gabe on Twitter at Gabe Eichert or the Oklahoma Breakdown Twitter feed, you see that there was a lot of conversations on your episode this week about this schedule. And now, you know, I, I feel like any conversation we have today can end up being old news by this afternoon. But if the big sky has canceled out, you would think that would open up Missouri State to be flexible for Oklahoma. But now there's reports that the entire FCS may shift to the spring. Uh, So, I mean, things are just as much up in the air this morning as they've ever been whenever it comes to uh, Oklahoma's schedule, isn't it?
5: Yeah, you you, you would assume that with the relationship that Joe Castiglione has established with Missouri State, with what they have done from a testing protocol standpoint, I mean, Plank, they are doing anything Oklahoma asks them to do. I mean, if Joe Castiglione said, I want you to do 200 jumping jacks right now, Missouri State would do it. They would do it. They want to play that football game because they get a big check that is massive for their athletic department. It is. It just is. We don't have to sugarcoat it. But – I am not I, I was pretty certain that OU would play Missouri State till about eight o'clock last night and then I started going through scenarios in my head and our buddy Teddy Lehman didn't help me at all because he is he's one of those guys that thinks that OU could get a more attractive opponent right. for this opener. You know, maybe someone from the American mm. now Teddy had floated it out there that maybe it could be UCF and we could have some fun, you know, Josh Heupel coming back, that type of thing. But I think, I think you're going to, don't you think you're going to stick with Missouri state? They got to, right?
4: The only way I could see Missouri state not happening is Gabe, if you end up in a situation to where they just push everything to the spring for all of the FCS, you know their championships being canceled if they say hey we're not playing ball at all I could see that being challenging but I mean you brought it up and you you put this out on Twitter and it really opened my eyes I would almost if I'm Missouri State say okay great we'll we'll play in the spring but we're still going to play this one game because again that's so huge for their bottom line and they've done everything asked of them so far by Oklahoma they've all the protocols, they've followed. I mean, everything that you could want in, a, in an opponent, understanding the parameters that have to be there, they've been on board with them. Well, Plank, do you think
5: that, like, say you do get a game scheduled with a more marquee opponent, which I want to make it clear. I, I think is going to play Missouri State. I don't want them right. to play Missouri State. I don't want to watch OU play a glorified scrimmage against a bad football team. I don't think anyone wants that, but ultimately it's about trust. And I think the leadership at Oklahoma trusts the leadership at Missouri State and the fact that they've agreed to essentially let OU run their testing for them. I don't know who who else is going to do that. Who else is going to be like okay yeah that's cool now i could be wrong but you get a team let's say out of the american or the sun belt right we saw the sun belt or the fun belt is going eight plus up to four non-conference games same you know we saw the mountain west they're going eight plus two so that air force can play army and navy which i love the patriotism in that scheduling but Yeah, I just don't know if you're going to get another school to agree to everything that Missouri State has agreed to.
4: Okay, let's do a little digging here. Let's just say, hypothetically, for debate reasons, that the Big 12 starts its schedule on the 26th like Jamie Pollard brought up, and then we found out later in the day Gene Taylor from Kansas State saying, ah, we still have some things that we're working through. So that would mean September 12th would be the opener for Oklahoma because, as we've learned from T. Rose reporting, OU wants a bye week. Central Florida, UCF does have a game on the 12th. They're playing Florida International. But teams like North Texas, Arkansas State, among others, don't. If the season starts on – make sure I get my numbers – the 19th, which means Oklahoma would start on the 5th, everyone, I'm with you. Hey, Missouri State would be perfect, but let's just say – Missouri State ends up in a situation to where they're not allowed to play because they're pushing their season to the spring. UCF would be open on the fifth, Gabe. So I mean, there's there's a lot of potential possibilities out there. And if there's one thing we've learned, the phone hasn't stopped ringing with teams saying, "Hey, if you need someone, we're here for you." For Oklahoma,
5: yeah. And we just need to we just need to be honest, Plank. Like we know what the Missouri State game brings right it's a pay-per-view game in all likelihood and there's a certain amount of revenue right there's an expectation surrounding that game i think we've all come to the realization that if there are fans in the stands at all that it is going to be significantly reduced capacity so joe consiglione has to factor all of that in right Mm -hmm. now there is, a, there is a phrase that, you know, I kind of live by when I'm weighing things in these situations, and that is, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. <laughs> so I, I'm sure you remember all the models that Josie and all these athletic directors have been talking about when it comes to seating capacity. Right. I'm sure they're crunching some numbers With some of these offers that they're getting because they are, they're, they're getting teams that are bigger names and that have better football teams than Missouri State. They're getting schools that are calling saying, Hey, we will play you in that non-conference game. Now the tough part for Joe becomes, okay, what does that entail because then I have to ditch Missouri state and you have to feel bad about it, even though they said they're not going to take any legal action against the Sooners, but you, you have to weigh all of that in. Like, is that, is that still going to be the pay-per-view game? How does that factor into, you know, the, the amount of people that are going to buy it? How does the other school feel about it? How are they going to split that revenue? So there's definitely some complicated things to work to to work through for changing your opponent for that game. That being said, please play a Division 1 team or I, I mean at least a a team that is in one of the 10 best conferences.
4: <laughs> I mean I,
5: that would be that would be great. I think all OU fans would love that. I just don't know how realistic that is right now Plank. game. I mean, I'd kind of defer to you on that. Like how, how quickly could they change that opponent? Especially if you're playing months yeah. uh, or little over a month from today, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's so unique that I really feel like everyone is just very, um, they're very flexible in they're thinking, and I don't know how, how much time it would change. It would need to change, but I'll say this much, Gabe, uh, we're, we're being, I guess, educated that it can be done, right? You you can flip these things if, you know, the Jenga pieces fit together and, and you can make them work with other teams' schedule a little bit easier than we've been able to in the past. Hey, I want to ask you from a player's perspective. We've got a little bit more time here with Gabe Eichard on a Friday. How challenging is this to go from, all right, you, you, you think you're starting on August 29th, you start camp and – you know, you start practices and then it kind of slows down and you maybe change the mode and then you don't really know when it's going to, when your season's going to start. And maybe even you give us some coaches perspective too. How challenging is this whenever you're in the midst of getting ready for a season that right now we don't know when it's going to start? Yeah,
5: it's not ideal, right? Like, you know, me and my routine and my planning and and always having a list of what I need to get done. You know, that's, that's just how I operate. But listen, if you're a player, you show up whenever they tell you to show up. You do what they tell you to do. You practice when they tell you to practice. Like, that's the life of a college football player. You You open up your phone, you look at that day's schedule, and you do it. So I think it's more interesting for the coaches deciding how to scale back practice, how to ramp it up. Uh, Definitely difficult on the strength and conditioning staff because you want these guys to be as close to their peak performance as possible when week one rolls around, right? You don't want these guys peaking too early, plateauing, things like that. So, yeah, it's a coordinated effort. And, frankly, when OU was the last to report and then the first to practice, that's not exactly the formula you're going for, you know? Uh, I mean, that's, that, that can be tough on the kids. It can be tough on everyone. Tough on the coaches. You're, you're wondering what kind of shape your guys are in. You're wondering how hard to push them in practice. You know, how many plays should you get in practice? All these things. The st- strength and conditioning staff, it, it's tough for them to really create the lifts around those practices. They're collecting all the GPS data during Practice. They're trying to sort through all that. So, I mean, it's really difficult. But hopefully, some extra time, which they're going to get. Right, we all know they're not playing August twenty ninth anymore. It comes down to do they get a week or maybe two more weeks, right? So, I'm sure they
4: have a plan for both. You know, that's the, that's got to be a challenging thing for everyone involved right now. It's just the unknown. And you know, I, I wish that we could answer that question for you this morning, but we just can't right now. So much unknown about what the schedule's going to look like, when the season's going to start. And, you know, you you look at Missouri State, and you think, okay, well, Missouri State's in pin, right? You can Sharpie them. Uh, Maybe not. If If the Mo Valley decides to move their season to the spring, can Missouri State still play Oklahoma and then not play football until the spring? I don't know. Well, hopefully find out by Monday. Hey, deposits for the 2020 Oklahoma men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale. You can call or text 405-325-2424 for more information. Or lock in your seats today by visiting Soonersports.com. Hey, even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurant, they're here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. And mercy, your life is our life's work. All right, let's get after it. It is time for Sound Off. Well, welcome back everybody to another episode of Sooner Sound Off, where we debate the greatest moments, teams, players, coaches, you name it, in Oklahoma Sooner Athletics history. And this week, we're mirroring what we did last week, only we're shifting from the offensive side of the football to the defensive side of the football. And as always... This episode of Sooner Off is presented in part by OU Extended Campus. Our panelists, you know them, you love them. Chad McKee, Sooner Sports TV. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. And of course, Sooner Sports TV reporter, Jessica Cootie, who has probably made you cry once or twice with her features. And they have quite <laughs> a topic to tackle today. We're picking three defensive players, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a defensive back. Today's topic brought to you by Taco Mile. Just like last week, We're picking three. Last week, quarterback, running back, receiver. This week, a little bit more challenging. Defensive lineman, linebacker, and secondary. So, Jessica Cootie, you drew first. You get to start things off as we kick this thing off with the anchor of most defenses, the defensive line. Where are you heading, Jess? Pick number one.
1: Yeah, you guys, I I must admit that when I saw the draft order, that defensive line was first and that I had the first pick, I literally squealed out loud. I'm taking not just the best defensive lineman in Oklahoma football history, not just the best defensive player in Oklahoma football history, arguably the best player ever to wear the crimson and cream, give me the gentle giant Leroy Selman in his four-year career at Oklahoma 43-2-1, 43-2-1, and one, helping lead the Sooners to four straight Big 8 titles and back-to-back national championships in 74 and 75. And it was in 74 when the youngest Selman brother really emerged as a star, for the Sooners. 125 total tackles, 18 sacks as a junior, as the Sooners were named national champions that season. And in 75, not only did Leroy help lead the Sooners to a second straight national title, the unanimous All-American won the Lombardi Award and the Outland Trophy, ending his career with 335 tackles, a school record for a lineman at the time, along with 40 tackles for loss. The first overall pick in the 1976 draft Playing nine seasons in the NFL, a six-time Pro Bowler, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1979, inducted into the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame in 88, and in 1995 he became the first Oklahoma player to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And over and over and over again what you hear about Leroy Selman from every single person that knew him. as tremendous of a player as he was he was an even better person as ferocious and relentless as he was on the field he was as kind and gentle off of it
4: Leroy Selman is off the board all right Chad McKee which direction are you going with the second pick a defensive line
2: well, congratulations on the pick, Jessica. Of all the picks Thank we've you. made the last two weeks, that is the biggest no brainer pick of right? all. I didn't, the mess, great it Leroy I didn't Selma. mess it up. I didn't mess it up. Yeah, I mean, well, well done on your part. With all apologies to our buddy Kelly Gregg, who deserves more consideration, in my opinion, in this category. He had 319 tackles as a defensive tackle, did Kelly Gregg. But I'm taking tommy harris right in the middle of that sooner defense he was an absolute game changer not necessarily for what he did exactly for the sooners Mm. on their side of the ball but for what he forced opposing offensive coordinators to try to do to tackle him to try to stop tommy harris i would describe tommy harris as a six foot two three hundred pound fire hydrant packed with dynamite good luck trying to block this guy The Sooners plucked him as the top defensive prospect in the country out of Colleen, Texas. He was incredible. He was a starter from the first half of his first practice as a Sooner, and by his first game, he was a star. As a sophomore, he played the entire season with a pulled groin muscle, suffered in training camp, and still had 18 tackles for loss. A three-year starter, he was All-Big 12 all three seasons in Norman, an All-American in 2002 and 2003, and after that 03 season, he was given the Lombardi Award as the top lineman in the country as the Sooners played in the BCS Championship game. Not only that, the Chicago Bears made Tommy the fourth pick in the 2004 draft, and in 2008, the Bears made him the highest-paid defensive tackle in the entire NFL. Plugging the middle of my Sooner all-time defense, it is Tommy Harris,
4: and one of the coolest Sports Illustrated covers ever. So Tommy yes. Roland, still some meat on the bone. Which direction are you going to anchor your defense on the defensive line?
6: Well, uh, let me just start by seconding what you said off the top. Jess made me cry last week with her verdict. So <laughs> let me get that out of the way. Hey, you're gonna love this plank. I'm going to the nine one eight. For my pick today, the pride of East Central High School, give me Tony Casillas, a national champion, a two-time Super Bowl champion, Lombardi Award winner, two-time Consensus All-American. Tony Casillas was the anchor in the middle of those great OU teams of the mid-80s, immovable, disruptive, tougher than boot leather and stronger than bear's breath. He was a bad, bad. I said tougher than boot leather and stronger than bear's breath. He threw offensive linemen around like rag dolls, and teams didn't even try running up the middle on OU. Casillas ate blocks like I eat pancakes, frequently and with no regard for human life. He was a nose guard with 18 career sacks. Think about that. Not a rush in, a nose guard. And in 2004, he became just the second Hispanic elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. He was named the College Defensive Player of the Decade for the 1980s. Casillas, of course, went on to have a long and decorated NFL career, an absolute superstar. I'll gladly draft Tony Casillas.
4: What a start. Leroy Selman off the board, Tommy Harris, and Tony Casillas. We've got the defensive line set when we come back on Sooner Sound Off, Let's hit the secondary. Don't go anywhere.
3: Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine.
4: Welcome back to Sooner's Sound Off. Round one in the books on the defensive line. Jessica Cootie goes with Leroy Selman. Chad McKee takes Tommy Harris. And Toby Rowland gets a Hall of Famer and Tony Casillas with the third pick. The first pick in the secondary belongs to Chad McKee. Chad, take it away. A lot of great talent to choose from.
2: Oh, indeed, Chris. Maybe the hardest decision we've had to make today. But I'm going maybe sentimentally. And I'm taking the late, great Ricky Dixon. When Ricky arrived for fall football camp in 1983, he was 5'10 and 160 pounds. Upon introducing Ricky to his new Sooner teammates, Coach Barry Switzer said, quote, I know what you're thinking. Why is he here? Well, let me tell you something. He's a better athlete than all of you. He's faster than all of you, and he will (laughs) knock your ass off. And for four years, that's exactly what Ricky Dixon did. He rode the Sooners' secondary like a heat-seeking missile clad in crimson. With Dixon anchoring the back end of the defense, the Sooners won four Big 8 titles and the program's sixth national title in 1985. Coach Switzer and Sooner fans, like myself growing up as a kid, were fond of yelling, Oski, when the Sooners intercepted an opposing pass. We nearly went hoarse, yelling Oski for Ricky alone. As he totaled nine interceptions in 1987, he had 17 picks for his Sooner career, the second most all-time. And Toby, we talk about drip and swag. This Thorpe Award winner had it before we even knew what it was. Indeed. But more than the interceptions and accomplishments, Ricky Dixon was a fighter. Diagnosed with ALS in 2013, a disease that brings with it a life expectancy of three to five years, he battled it courageously for eight years before succumbing just this last week, but not before he got to know that he was a Hall of Famer in 2019. In sports, we exaggerate things. In my opinion, we overuse words like great, courageous, and tragic. Ricky Dixon was all three of those words personified. No exaggeration needed.
4: Special, special player, special man, Ricky Dixon, first off the board, a defensive back. Toby Rowland, you can pick number two.
6: Well, I applaud your choice, Chad. Incredibly heartbreaking to learn of the passing of Ricky this week, a legend forever indeed. With the second pick at DB, I'll take Superman, Roy Williams, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound or at least able to leap the Texas offensive line. The man who is responsible for initiating the most famous play in OU history is also the greatest safety in Sooner history. I've never seen anybody at that position before or after able to completely dominate a game at safety. It felt like there were five of him on the field at all times. He was in the backfield sacking the quarterback. He was picking off the post route 60 yards downfield. He was blowing up the check down in the flat quiet and unassuming off the field roared like a lion on it he was a national champion in 2000 he won the thorpe award the nagurski award he was the big 12 defensive player of the year and a consensus all-american he went on to be a first round pick and a star for the dallas cowboys a five-time pro bowler and next year should be elected to the college football hall of fame he had an incredible career and one of the indelible images that will forever be etched in Sooner history.
4: Chris Plank, give me Roy Williams. How about that? Superman off the board with pick number two. All right, Jessica Cootie, a lot of options. You get the third and final pick here in the defensive secondary. Which direction are you going with your DB to go along with Leroy Selman?
1: Well, guys, you'll recall a couple weeks ago, we argued the best four-year basketball career. You could easily make the argument for the best four-year football career for Derek Strait. As a redshirt freshman playing a huge role on the 2000 National Championship team, named the Big 12 Defensive Newcomer of the Year in the win over number one, Nebraska. Strait with a 32-yard pick six to put Oklahoma up. 31-14 and the oranges rain down onto the field. And against OSU in Stillwater, the regular season finale with the season on the line, the national championship hopes on the line on fourth and goal for the Cowboys straight with a game saving, a season saving, pass breakup. And in the national championship game, another huge pass breakup on what looked like to be a sure touchdown pass for Florida State. And for his career, 55 pass breakups. He's the program career record holder. As a junior, he led the Big 12 with six interceptions. From 2000 to 2003, he played in every single game that Oklahoma played, setting a program record for career starts. As a senior, you want to talk about big plays in the Cotton Bowl in 2003, uh, straight with a Three 11 tackles, two fumble recoveries, three pass breakups, and an interception with a 30-yard return. He racked up 14 interceptions for a school record 397 return yards. A unanimous All-American, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, winner of the Nagurski, the Jim Thorpe Award. And uh, guys, he could cover, he could hit. He was smart, he re- was reliable, and he did that for four straight years. You can battle it out for the best safety. I'll take the best cornerback in Oklahoma football history.
4: Very underappreciated. Derek Strait, Toby goes with Roy Williams. And as we go to break, we honor the memory of the late, great Ricky Dixon, whom, as Chad brought up and Toby echoed, we lost this week. Ricky, an incredible fighter, an incredible man, an incredible person. Our thoughts on Sound Off today are with his family.
3: air comfort solutions your total home solution for plumbing heating air conditioning and electrical make the winning call today taco mayo fresh ingredients built to order the trails golf club norman's club of choice kincaid coach the official motor coach carrier of OU athletics Community Coffee. Family owned community coffee. The official brewed coffee of OU athletics. Taste the difference family makes.
4: Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. We're drafting our ultimate defense for the Sooners, defensive lineman, linebacker safety. Chad McKee, his defensive lineman, Tommy Harris, his safety, I guess you could say defensive back, Ricky Dixon. Jessica Cootie went with Lee, Roy Selman, and Derek Strait. And Toby Rowland, who kicks things off at the linebacker position, went with the great Tony Casillas, and in his secondary Roy Williams. I think I have a pretty good idea where you're going with it, linebacker, Toby.
6: This this is an easy one. For me plank and i know the list of unbelievably great linebackers at the university of oklahoma is a lengthy one and we can only draft three there are going to be some names that get left off today that were monsters but for me the greatest of the greats at linebacker is the boz (laughs) brian bosworth is perhaps the biggest rock star in ou football history larger than life on and off the field he was a superhero for sooner fans and a villain for everybody else. A College Football Hall of Famer, a national champion, two-time Butkus Award winner, the only two-time Butkus winner in the awards history, a two-time unanimous All-American. He was the central figure of those great Barry Switzer teams of the mid-80s, those legendary showdowns against Miami. He absolutely dominated games and spat venom while doing so. (laughs) Nobody ever talked a bigger game and backed it up more than the boss and that's why sooner fans loved him then and now he was awesome especially in the biggest games but he played with swagger and bravado he was brash and cocky and we loved it he represented the toughness of sooner football he was bigger and badder and better and meaner than anybody else on the field a persona so big it eventually hit the silver screen. Who amongst us will ever forget the way he was snubbed for an Academy Award for his portrayal of John Stone in the universally <laughs> applauded film Stone Cold? Oh, yes. The pick here is the Boz. If you were asked to pick the one guy in the history of OU who best personifies the attitude of Souter football, it's Brian Bosworth.
4: Give me the and ball. And s- and a stone cold mention toby might have just won the whole thing but there's work to be done and there's great linebackers left so jess which direction are you going with 44 off the board
1: toby i feel like hands down you would have got a victory today if you would have gone with the matching mohawk blonde mohawk of boz's but you didn't so therefore you're opening the door for chad and I. give me the <laughs> captain of the 2000 national championship team one of the toughest dudes to ever Run out onto Owen Field, a 918 product out of Jinx, Chris Plink, the butt kiss, Rocky Kalmus. And is there a better name for a hard hitting linebacker than Rocky? Kalmus, a three-time first team, all Big 12 member, including as a sophomore. He led the Sooners in tackles three straight years, including a monster 22 tackle game against Colorado in 99. As a junior mentioned, the captain, the leader of the number one defense in the country, one of the greatest defensive unit, units in Sooner football history, a perfect 13-0, shutting down Florida State, in which Kalmus forced a fumble as a senior winner of the prestigious Buttkiss Award, finalist for the Nagurski and Badnarek and Lombardi, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, a two-time consensus All-American as a junior and a senior, 431 career tackles, still fifth all-time in junior football history, and he's the OU program career leader with 59 tackles for loss. In all of OU football history, nobody has more tackles for loss than Rocky Kalmas, and this dude was a machine. Nothing was keeping him off the field. Not surgery, not arm cast, not leg cast, not broken ankles, not broken fingers, not broken arms. He's catching interceptions and running them back for touchdowns with a cast on his arm. In fact, he was named the toughest (laughs) player in college football. Teddy Lehman said it was ridiculous how tough he was. And Roy Williams, one of the best defensive players in Sooner football history, said he was a selfless, uh, the ultimate team player, said he's the best linebacker to ever play at Oklahoma, and he embodies what it means to be a Sooner. Rocky Kalmus, the captain of the 2000 National Championship
4: Team. The Boz is off the board. Rocky Kalmus is off the board. It's a deep position. Chad with the third and final pick of the defensive draft. At linebacker, which way are you going?
2: Well, uh, I, I had a Boz Hog t-shirt, a mullet, and lines shaved into the side of my head. Yeah, back in the Chad's the voting for me. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, and, and without Rocky, there may have been no Teddy, our pal Teddy Layman on Sooner Sports Television, one of the all-time greats. But I feel like I've been handed a bit of a gift here. The Butkus Award did not exist until 1985. Had it existed in the early to mid-70s, you could argue that my choice, the great Rod Schott, would have won two, mm. perhaps even three Butkus Awards. Think about this. In all the history of Oklahoma football, there have been exactly two three-time All-Americans, Buddy Burris and Rod Schoet. A running back coming out of Spyro High School, Schoet was converted to linebacker in Norman. Playing behind the Selman Brothers and Jimbo Elrod, Schoet's mission was simple, pursue the football. And that was a problem for opposing offenses as Schoet was faster than any quarterback, running back or wide receiver on the field. You've heard the term shot out of a cannon, Rod Schoet was emitted from a laser. When told by a scout that Schulte ran a 4-5-40, then-Sooner defensive coordinator Larry Lacewell said, quote, hell, he'll run that backward. Three-time All-American, two-time Big 8 defensive player the Your language of the year. is terrible And today, in 1974, Chad. Schulte was seventh in the Heisman voting in 74 when the Sooners won the first of back-to-back national titles. Tragically, he passed away in 1999 at the age of just 46. But he was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame posthumously in 2013. The great Rod Shote, Chris. What
4: the blue language today from Chad McKee? He is fired. Wow. I went colorful today. <laughs> to go colorful. I, I'd say so. I'd say Hide so. Hide the I'd
2: children, everyone. <laughs> All
4: right. When we come back, here on Potty Soundoff, mouth. it's time for closing arguments and who wins the panel vote this week? We'll find out next. Stick around.
3: The Sooner Podcast is your all access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to soonersportstv podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OGD. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Sooner Sports TV Personalities Wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge.
4: Another draft episode of Sooner Sound Off. I'm in heaven. This is great. We talked about the <laughs> defensive side. And before we get to our closing arguments presented by Kincaid Coach, let's take a look at the draft board. Big value at the top is Jessica Cootie goes with Leroy Selman. Her team includes Derek Strait and Rocky Kalmus, Chad McKee wow. with Tommy Harris, Ricky Dixon in his secondary, and the late, great Rod show at linebacker wow. and Toby Rowland. With Hall of Famer Tony Casillas, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Roy Williams, and Hall of Famer Brian Bosworth. I mentioned those closing arguments are presented by Ken Cave, Coach, and we have some room to roam, Jess, so kick it off. Why should your team get everyone's vote?
1: Yeah, guys, how lucky are we the last two weeks? You think about all the options we had in in both of these drafts, but... Listen to my trio and the accolades, the long list of accolades from the three guys in my draft. Uh, Three national championships, a butt kiss, a Jim Thorpe, Outland, Lombardi, Nagurski, five all-america honors i've got a lockdown cornerback arguably the best cornerback to ever play in oklahoma football history one of the toughest dudes and greatest leaders in oklahoma football history and hands down the best player to ever play to ever wear the crimson and cream leroy selman rocky Kalmus, Derek Strait. name a better trio
2: well, I will name one for you, Jessica. Wow. Speed D is the new moniker at the University of Oklahoma, but you could argue my three guys would have headlined, even Speed D. Nobody was faster off the football than the Lombardi Award winner Tommy Harris. You heard then-Sooner defensive coordinator Larry Lacewell say that Rod Schott could run a 4-5 backward. He's one of two three-time All-Americans in Sooner history. And Barry Switzer said he'll outrun anybody when he introduced Ricky Dixon to his Sooner teammates when he first arrived on campus. He was a Thorpe Award winner. Two national championships in this group. Two college football Hall of Famers and tommy harris likely soon to come i'll take my group because they'll outrun anybody that you put on the field on the other side of the ball toby well just thank you very
6: much for not cursing this time chad on the, <laughs> everybody out there, well, i want everybody to close their eyes for a second and imagine we're no, gonna I'm go back kidding. to this come I'm, just on. Yes. I'm just kidding i'm just
3: kidding the
6: boz superman and casillas three national champions three hall of famers the biggest character in OU football history, the biggest play in OU history, and an immovable rock. Truth is, these are all great teams, so many great players, so many guys that went undrafted today that deserve recognition. But I like my squad, Plank, the Boz, Superman, and Cassius.
4: Closing arguments have been brought to you by Kincaid Coach. It's now time for our decision. And as the judge, I get to wield the power. And it's brought to you by community coffee i will say incredibly disappointed not to see that the and butkiss award winner teddy Lehman was not on anyone's list but there's i mean as, Love as you, chad and jessica brought up there are so many great names that are not on this list like i mean kenneth murray was a first round draft pick one of the uh, a three year captain look at cumbie look at ricky bryan Jackie ship elrod the names are limitless and in the end every single team that we've put together here today is special but one seems to kind of rise above the rest. And any time you've got the guy with the shaved hair and the mohawk and number 44, you're probably going to end up not only winning the fan vote, but my vote as well, too. So congratulations, Toby Rowland, making up, I think, for what you felt like was a wrong last week when I took that victory. But T-Row, congratulations. Your trio wins it. We'll see you next time as we debate more great moments on Sound Soundoff. That was a fun debate. I hate being the judge. I hate choosing. I hate it. People get mad at you. Now chat's not going to pick me when we debate the best single season in OU men's basketball history. I'm in trouble. But it's always fun. You know, so many great names. Teddy, George Cumbie. So many great names that are left off in talking about some of the all-time greats on the defensive side of the football just shows you the incredible history and tradition of Sooner football. All right, guys, uh, we are done for a Friday. I hope everyone has a great week and a reminder that it's important that you know that pizza hut is still here and ready to serve you the pizza you love, whether it's picked up for carryout or delivered hot to your doorstep. Contactless delivery is one of the many ways that we're working to help provide you and our employees the safest experience possible. No matter your location. If you want a more contactless option and prefer your pizza left at the door upon delivery, no problem. Place your order on PizzaHut.com or the Pizza Hut app. And here's What's on Tap presented by OG&E. Just dropped last night the OU softball game against Arizona as we look back on the greatest moments. of The 2019-2020 academic year and athletic year as we get ready for the start of a new season. And this weekend... The 2015 Bedlam game. That's right. The Baker Mayfield block, the Joe Mixon run, the Samaje Ryan performance. It's a great night. Relive it this weekend with the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody, and Boomer Sooner.